we come to proverbs chapter 9 which is the the last chapter in the first part of the book of proverbs proverbs 1 to 9 is the father's earnest presentation of wisdom to his sons and the reasoning that goes on between or the reasoning that the father gives to his sons as to why they are supposed to learn wisdom from proverbs chapter 10 onwards it is the actual content of wisdom right for various aspects of life that are laid out but here we come to that last chapter where the father is again presenting wisdom personified to his son and inviting his son to listen to wisdom wisdom is personified that is wisdom is given human like qualities of calling of of shouting of inviting things which humans do so wisdom is personified in this chapter we see two invitations we see the invite of wisdom and the invite of folly now if any one of you have invited people to your homes you know what it takes to host a feast in your home in our home if it is decided that a bunch of people are going to come then immediately plans are made the sticky notes go on to the fridge the menu is decided uh, and then it is all hands on deck the kids have their chores to do in preparation for the feast or for the gathering there is cleaning which happens to make the house look spick and span um there is fixing which happens to broken furniture or broken equipment there is cooking which happens and the preparation for the cooking which happens how many people coming what are their preferences and um, where do we get the raw materials and there's a lot of planning and cooking goes to it then there is the setting up of the place where things need to be in their places there is if there are small kids coming home then it has to be made kid friendly so the sharp objects or the small lego pieces are put in their boxes hidden under the bed out of sight uh, just to make the place conducive just to make the place uh, <clears throat> hospitable and then there is the the sending out of the invites where you send you invite people you make sure that they know where to come when to come and uh, is, sometimes when we have gatherings then there are themed parties where you also along with the invite you tell them what kind of dress or what color code that people need to come with um and all of this happens when you need to host people or have a have a feast and um, for those of us who have who have opened our homes and have experienced this it is it is a wonderful experience to go through just the preparation of it right in 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 anticipation of of that fellowship now in case of royalty which is the context over here because solomon is the greatest king and his sons are also going to become kings in case of royalty 
there is even much there is even more that needs to be considered hosting a royal banquet is not uh, a small thing uh, hosting a royal banquet the half the kingdom is involved in uh, preparing the place and the invites and each guest needs to be treated in a particular manner um you need to prepare gifts and entertainment and inform the attire in which people are to come this was something which was very characteristic of royalty that you just cannot once you receive an invite from a king uh, to come um you cannot just wear what you want you've got to wear what the king has said right this is the thing just like a themed party something that is fitting for being a guest for this king um people are expected to make time make effort make preparations and how much preparation you make to come and honor and respect the invite of the king shows your devotion to the king so dishonoring the invite was taken as a royal offense and an act of rebellion at times ignoring the invite was uh, taken as an act of treason right you do not respect the king or you do not you do not honor the king then you are siding with the enemy and then it was punishable so it was a serious thing to be invited by a king for a party now here in this text we look at two invites to two feasts which are given to people and one is wisdom who is inviting people and the other one is folly inviting people so let's look at this this text so this text this chapter has 18 verses which can be very nicely divided into three parts of six verses each so there is the invite of wisdom verses 1 through 6 and there is the attitude or the attire that is required which is 7 to 12 and then there is the invite of folly verses 13 to 18 so let's look at look at these invites so first the the way of wisdom or the invite of wisdom the, the the this section starts out with the imagery of wisdom just running around and getting things ready right for a feast all right so we see the preparation of wisdom in the first few verses the in fact the first two verses we see the preparation of wisdom what is wisdom preparing number 1 verse 1 wisdom is preparing the place wisdom has built her house she has hewn her her seven pillars so basically wisdom has prepared right has prepared the place or the palace for the feast seven pillars denoting stability seven pillars denoting royalty right how thick and how beautiful the pillars were of a palace spoke about the king and the number of pillars showed that oh wow man this guy is really really um, amazing in architecture so he's got her place set up basically it is complete it is done seven pillars no more pillars to be put in 
the exact space that is needed for the party is ready. Wisdom has built her house, she has hewn her seven pillars. So wisdom has prepared the place where the feast is going to take place. Verse 2, she has prepared the feast. Now what is a feast without food? You cannot just have a, a gathering in which everyone plays a few games and goes away. It's, food is important. It is awesome. And um, how many weddings you have gone to, I don't know. You might have gone to so many weddings. Whether you remember the bride or the bridegroom doesn't matter. But you remember what was the meal. How was the meal? And at some places, in some cultures, even 20 years later, the, your attitude towards the bride and the bridegroom is dependent on how much you were satisfied and intrigued and excited about the food. Oh, the food was not good, that person is bad. Or the food was not proper. I didn't get the right pieces in my chicken biryani or my mutton biryani. The host is not good. Right? I'm gonna, uh, 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 it's, an, it's an eternal feud that you have all centering around, uh, uh, about, around food. Um, so wisdom over here is prepared the food. What does it say? She has slaughtered her beasts. Praise God, non-veg is there. So we are happy. Sometimes we look at the invite and decide our excitement to go, whether it is vegetarian or non-vegetarian. And then we decide, you know, the gift that we are going to buy depends on it's a non-veg or it is veg. So, yes, we have wisdom preparing slaughtered her beasts. She has mixed her, her wine, which was, which was uh, an essential component of meals in those days. So wisdom has prepared her feast, right? And notice over here that wisdom is actively involved in this preparation. The feast, the stuff, the food is ready. The wine is mixed. She has worked on getting the right proportions of flavor and has mixed her wine. Thirdly, we see that she has readied her table. It's not that the food is cooked and put in the pantry. The table is set, right? The table is set. David says in Psalm 23, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. It's, it's like the Lord is not just, just getting into action. Uh, he's already set it. It's all ready. It is prepared, right? We set the table not one day before. But, you know, some, just some time, you know, everything, you know, for those of you who are involved in setting up the table, the table has to look perfect, right? Stuff has to be, there's a sequence in which the dishes are placed. There is a position of, of the cutlery. There is the color combination of the runner with the tablecloth, with the, with the, the mats under the plate. I don't know what it's called. Uh, yeah, the, the, the table mats. Right? It's, a, it's, it's an important part of hosting. So wisdom has kept the table ready. So the feast is prepared, the place is prepared, and the table is ready. Only thing left out is the people to come in. Wisdom has done it all. She, uh, verse 3, now wisdom has also sent out the invite. She has sent out her young women to call from the highest places in the town. 
she has sent out the invite she has sent out people she has sent out her young women to the highest places now notice the sequence over here after everything is ready then the invite is sent to people after things have been set up then the call goes out so the preparation of wisdom and now we see the call of wisdom who are these invitees who are the invitees what do these young women whom wisdom has sent with the message of the invite they go to the highest places so that they can be heard they go to the highest places because these would be the most influential places from where they can uh, where they can reach out to more people just like in the last chapter we saw wisdom standing in the crossroads at the gates in um, in the common places on the highways that is where these women go and who are the invitees the invitees whoever is simple let him turn in here whoever is simple now this seems a little odd here is wisdom preparing the beast and preparing the wine and mixing the wine preparing the place everything is meticulously done prepared set up and whom is she calling she is calling now the simple the foolish people let him turn in here to him who lacks sense she says come eat of my bread drink of the wine i have mixed the invite is to this feast of wisdom are the foolish the ones who are walking around who are aimlessly following their own course of life and she's saying i want you guys to come the simple ones the foolish ones the ones who have no fear of god the ones who are lost the ones who are on their path of destruction and she says come eat of my bread drink of the wine that i have mixed so first the call is these guys are busy doing their own stuff and say come come these are not guys who are waiting in anticipation oh yes we are all ready decked up and ready we are just waiting for the call to come no they are not sitting and waiting when will this person call us oh we've been waiting it's time already when will we go when will that call come no they are busy doing their stuff they are simple foolish ones and wisdom now draws them and says come come change your course of action come she says in verse 6 if you look into your bibles leave your simple ways and live and walk in the way of insight leave what you're doing leave what is exciting you and come come to me and there are two things that wisdom promises them or wisdom invites them to leave your simple ways and live which means that the simple ones are walking towards death it says come leave your simple ways leave your foolish ways and live i will give you life walk in the way of insight so insight is the second thing knowledge wisdom prudence 
walk in the way of insight don't go walking around in your way come this way this way come this way come here the feast is ready fulfillment is is ready this is not just a feast where the guests are invited and then they fill tummies and then go back to their hopeless lives this is not a feast where um towards the end of the feast you say oh man the feast is over ah oh, man i've got to go back tomorrow is office again ah oh. this is a feast which transforms this is a feast which which changes forever a feast which makes wise a feast that gives life and wisdom is inviting absolutely opposite people who are in an absolutely opposite state of foolishness and death is inviting come partake of my food i prepared it's all ready there's no waiting it's time it is the right time for you to come and partake of my of my feast isaiah chapter 25 if you can turn your bibles to isaiah 25 and verse 6 onwards we see a very similar imagery where god calls his people isaiah 25 and 6 on this mountain the lord of hosts will make for all peoples a feast of rich food a feast of well aged wine of rich food full of marrow of aged wine well refined very similar imagery and he will swallow up on this mountain the covering that is cast over all peoples and the veil that is spread over all nations the veil of of rebellion and foolishness and wickedness verse 8 he will swallow up death forever The Lord will wipe away the tears from all faces and reproach of his people he will take away from the earth for the Lord has spoken it will be said on that day behold this is our god we have waited for him that he might save us this is the lord we have waited for him let us be glad and rejoice in his salvation the call of wisdom is a call to leave foolish ways and live life this is a call to those who go and walk in rebellion towards god who forsake this feast which which, which wisdom has prepared who who say no to the call of this invite wisdom reaches out to them and says i can change the course of your life you need not know, you you need not be foolish you need not be walking in death and darkness i can change your life when we look at this invite as the church of christ we are 
indebted to God for causing us to respond to the invite of wisdom. Like we were simple ones walking around busy with our own lives. Absolutely unaware of the feast and the table that was set up and ready for us. Not even having an inclination towards coming to that feast. But the call to come came to us and God caused us to respond. The call to leave came to us and caused us to respond. God caused us to respond. And we walked to a set table ready and prepared for us that fulfilled us and that is fulfilling us. So praise God for, for that. At the same time, we have this invite to feast upon wisdom. The word of God, the law of God, the expression of God, to know God. We have this, this invite every single day of our lives. To respond and to find our greatest joy and satisfaction in the knowledge of who God is. We have this invite where God has prepared everything for us and says, why do you run after things which do not satisfy? I have prepared the best feast ever. Turn with me to Isaiah 55, where again there is a very similar scene. Come everyone who thirsts, 55 verses 1 onwards. Come everyone who thirsts, come to the water. And he, he who has no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and, and, and milk without money, without price. It's free, it's ready. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread? And your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen diligently to me. And eat what is good. That's the call of wisdom. I've got good stuff. Listen to me. Those young women on the high places are saying, Come, leave all that. Come. Listen diligently to me. And eat what is good. And delight yourself in rich food. Delight yourself in the feast that I have prepared. Incline your ear and come to me. Here that your soul may live. It's a very similar call. Very similar call that God is giving to His people. Seek the Lord while He may be found. Call upon Him while He is near. Let the wicked forsake His way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord that He may have compassion on Him and to our God for He will abundantly pardon so the invite is clear to come. Wisdom is calling people. But this now leads us to the next section, which is the attire or the attitude for the feast. This call which goes out to the, the simple ones has two responses. 
Some come and some don't. Now what Solomon places before here is a general principle of the kind of people, of two kinds of people. One is a scoffer and the other one is a wise man. He says in verse 7, whoever corrects a scoffer gets himself abuse. He who reproves a wicked man incurs injury. Do not reprove a scoffer or he will hate you. Who is a scoffer? A scoffer is someone who self-righteously mocks whoever speaks to him. Who thinks that he knows best. Who thinks that anyone else does not know as much as I do. A scoffer is one who not only rebukes you, but he makes fun of you. A scoffer, you can say, is like a mocker. Loves to put people down self-righteously and demean people. Make fun of them. Speaking to a scoffer, you can liken it to banging your head against the wall. Who gets hurt? Definitely not the wall. You try to go and talk to them and teach them and tell them what is right. Now what you come back with is a lot of hurt and a lot of pain. So the kind of person that Solomon is talking about is a scoffer who is very self-righteous. The other kind of person that Solomon talks about over here is a wise man. Give instruction, verse 9, give, uh, verse 8, reprove a wise man and he will love you. Give instruction to a wise man and he will still, he will be still wiser. Teach a righteous man and he will increase in learning. While the scoffer is filled with hate and incurs abuse and injury, a wise man, when he is, when three things happen to the wise man, he is reproved, he is instructed, and he is taught, he loves you back, he grows wiser and increases in his learning. So two very different kinds of people. One is like banging head against the wall. The other one is a delightful conversation. The wall is dead, but the wise man over here, rather than hating you and causing, inflicting abuse and injury, loves you and grows in his wisdom, grows in his learning. But in what context? In what context? Verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The knowledge of the Holy One is inside. This is the basis or the foundation of instruction. There is one person to whom you take wisdom and get back injury. The other is a person to whom you take wisdom or you teach him the fear of the Lord and he grows 
and loves you in return. Two kinds of, of people. The outcome, the outcome of the wise or speaking to a wise person is that for by me, verse 11, your days will be multiplied and years will be added to your life. It is life and life. Verse 12 sums it up, saying, If you are wise, you are wise for yourself. If you scoff, you alone will bear it. Summarizing the, the verses above. A wise man or a group of wise people, they keep growing. They keep growing in wisdom. What particular wisdom? In the knowledge of God. You teach people the fear of the Lord, the fear of the Lord in people increases, they love you back. And when this happens together, the community just grows and grows and grows in wisdom, in learning, in the fear of the Lord, knowledge of the Holy One, knowledge of the Righteous One, in insight. And they become wiser. They grow in their learning and their love. Whereas the scoffer, he bears the brunt of his punishment, his foolishness, his rejection of the words of reproof, the rejection of the words of correction. What this shows us is a simple principle. Is a simple principle that fear of the Lord increases number one in community. Two, fear of the Lord, wisdom, increases when in this community there is reproof instruction and teaching of God's word. Number three, fear of the Lord, wisdom, increases in this community when there is love. Who are the wise people here? The wise people over here are the ones who fear God. Now think about some applications. We all want to be wise in the eyes of the Lord. Not in the eyes of man particularly, but in the eyes, in the, in the fear of the Lord. We want to be obedient, we want to be holy, we want to be righteous. We want to be obedient to God's word. We want to love God more, don't we all? We want, to, we want our worship to be meaningful, purposeful, life-altering, edifying. We want the church which is the gathering of the saints, to grow in the knowledge of God. How does that happen? It happens when wisdom is spoken, the fear of the Lord is spoken. It happens when every member of this community exhorts one another to the fear of the Lord. What does that mean? That means to obey the laws of, of the Lord to be obedient, which is very much like the call of wisdom 
to come and to leave. To come and partake of the feast of heaven and to leave the simple and foolish ways. When this happens in the community of saints, oh, there is mutual edification and growth. You grow in the knowledge of God. So, this morning, I want you to stand on God's word in this church and exhort one another. Don't be shy. You are not thinking of Arpan's five points of wisdom. No. You are not thinking of your own manufactured nuggets of wisdom. Stand upon God's word and instruct each other. When you see a brother or a sister who is walking in simple ways, forsaking the feast or the call of wisdom, running after things which are not satisfying them, instruct them. That is how the fear of the Lord increases. Don't be shy. Oh, you know what? I don't have a reputation of, of instructing people or who am I to instruct people? No. You stand upon God's word. If needed, study God's word. Memorize God's word. Pray God's word. Pray for people in the light of God's word and then go speak to them. But it happens when you speak. When you take God's word and apply it in people's lives. That is not, the primary, that is not primarily the job only of the, of the preacher. That is the job of everyone. Speak to each other in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Do whatever it takes to exhort one another. Seek opportunities. Think biblically. When you look at people's lives and say, are they walking in wisdom? Are they walking in the fear of the Lord? Oh, I think there is something wrong over here. But is it my own understanding of right and wrong? Or does, should I think biblically? Oh, yes, this particular text. Oh, yeah, that's wrong. As per God's standard. That's how fear of the Lord increases. That's how... You become wise. At the same time, don't be surprised when you get hate and abuse and injury. Because we all live in a sinful world. We all live play among people who have the potential to be scoffers. So don't be surprised. You know what? I went and I spoke, but I got snubbed. I, I got hurtful stuff. So, how is it possible? I'm never going to do it again. Don't be surprised. Pursue. Keep at it. Equip yourself. If you think that you don't know the word of God enough, Practically, talk to people. Invest time in studying God's word. But, please remember, fear of the Lord and wisdom increases when you rebuke, instruct, reprove, instruct and teach a wise person. That's how it works. And that's why we need each other. That's why you should be blessed that you are part of a church and not an independent social club where everyone comes, behaves, goes back. 
but where everyone comes with an intention to instruct, to make sure that you become wise. Let iron sharpen iron. That should be how wisdom grows. At the same time, have you been a scoffer? Uh, I've never mocked God's word. I've never mocked somebody. I've never made fun, but there are subtle ways to do it. Have you been lazy to apply God's word and or rebuke or instruct? Let the person keep doing whatever he is doing. There are other people who will talk to him. I will just keep quiet. That's just another way of saying I don't care. Have you taken rebuke as an attack to your pride and rejected it? Somebody comes and tells you, brother, sister, I think what you're doing is wrong. And you immediately run back. Who are you? How dare you? I mean, don't say it, obviously. But then we, we, we harbor it. And we wrestle with it. With what credentials did this? Don't they know my situation? How could they say such a thing? Oh, a wise person doesn't do that. A scoffer does that. Have you avoided situations where a rebuke could make you wise? You know that this one person is going to ask you that hard question. So they get busy. And you know this one person is interested in your soul, in your eternity. It's going to pinch, it's going to pain. So, you know, I'm busy. Maybe some other time. And that is a scoffer's attitude. Have you covered up or behaved or hushed up or you know, played a balancing act? You know that you deserve rebuke and reproof. But you know, let me just cover it up so that it feels less painful. So that the, I get the rebuke, but you know what? It's kind of easy to handle. Let me not tell you, let me not speak. Or let me just use words which are generic. That's not how wisdom grows. That's not how, we're worried about our fear of man rather than fear of God. So don't do that. Uh, have you neglected God's, God's word? Or have you given company with other scoffers? Who just neglect God's word. Yeah, it's fine, big deal, no problem. Life is like that, culture is like that. Word of God, yeah, yeah, that is for that context, not this context. All these are ways, subtle ways by which you scoff and mock the word of God. And wisdom does not grow. Wisdom says that the ones who are invited would benefit of the feast if they come with humility and the fear of God. A scoffer or a mocker is not going to come. Or he's going to come and gain nothing from this feast. He's come with the wrong attitude or the wrong attire. And finally, you have, in complete contrast, the invite of folly. Quickly in contrast, 
is the woman folly is loud. She's seductive and knows nothing. It's an empty call. Empty call from folly. She sits at the door of her house. She takes a seat on the highest places of the town, calling those who pass by who are going straight on their way. We've seen this in, in the last few chapters of how folly uses smooth words which cut, invites people to their own destruction. Folly is not busy preparing the place, setting up the table. It's just calling people to come in because there's nothing at all. There is nothing to show. There is nothing to prepare. Just get them away from the real feast. Rest is taken care. Folly is not preparing anything. These are empty, hollow promises. These are idols which cannot hear, cannot see, cannot respond, cannot do anything. That's how God puts the foolishness of the Israelites. You're running after, can they speak to you the way I speak to you? No, fools. Why are you going after them? She makes the same call, same call, word to word, same call. Verse 5, verse 4, wisdom says, whoever is simple, let him turn and come here. To whom who lacks sense, she says. Verse 16 is the exact replica. Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. And to him who lacks sense, she says. What does wisdom say? Wisdom says, come, partake of my feast and the wine which I have mixed. That pronoun is very important, which I have mixed. What does folly say? Folly says, over here, stolen water is sweet and the bread eaten in secret is pleasant. Folly has nothing to offer. Nothing to offer. Empty promises. Temporary satisfactions. Zero gain. Doesn't even have her own bread. Doesn't even have her own water or wine. Stolen, brought in from somewhere. Has nothing, no love, no desire, no compassion, no desire to see this man come and be fulfilled. Nothing. But she does not know that the dead are there. And that her guests are in the depths of Sheol. There is nothing that folly offers which can benefit. There is nothing that she has. Yet, the son of man runs after temporary pleasures, stolen waters, and ends up in, in death. So by way of contrast to wisdom... Folly has got absolutely nothing to offer. Neither compassion nor any reward. Whereas wisdom gives life. She gives life. She gives fulfillment. In Matthew chapter 22, we have a very similar scene again. If you turn to Matthew chapter 22, the parable of the wedding feast, 
And again, Jesus spoke to them in parables, verse 1. The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son and sent his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding feast. But they would not come. They would not come. Again, he sent other servants, saying, Tell those who are invited, See, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen and my fat calves have been slaughtered, everything is ready, the table is set. Come to the wedding feast. But they paid no attention. And went off, one to his farm, another to his business, simple ones, the same imagery, another to his business. While the rest seized his servants, treated them shamefully and killed them. Scoffers, scoffing, inflicting abuse and injury. The king was angry and he sent his troops and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. Then he said to his servants, the wedding feast is ready, but those invited were not worthy. Go therefore to the main roads and invite to the wedding feast as many as you find. And those servants went out into the roads and gathered all whom they found, both bad and good. So the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came, came in to look at the guests, he saw there a man who had no wedding garment. And he said, friend, how did you get in here without a wedding garment? Remember, you come to the king on the king's terms. He tells you what to wear and you got to come with that apparel. Not coming in that apparel is an act of disrespect and dishonor to the king. It's like mocking the king. It's like mocking the king. So you've got to come with the right attitude, with the right attire. Friend, how did you get here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. This doesn't mean that he said, I didn't know. He said he has nothing to say in his defense. Then the king said to the attendant, bind him, hand and foot, and cast him into the outer darkness. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. And Jesus is, is, is speaking this in the context of those who were the most obvious candidates, or seem to be the most obvious candidates to enter into the kingdom, are now self-righteously mocking him. They are self-righteously rejecting him. Or they want to come into the kingdom of God based on their own tradition standards, basically based on their understanding. And says so there is no place for them. Solomon is teaching his son, my son, I have said all these things to you. And now wisdom invites you. And when you listen to the voice of wisdom, come in a humble frame of mind and receive instruction, rebuke, rebuke, reproof. That's the way you grow in the fear of the Lord. That's the way you grow in the fear of the Lord. Because if you don't do that, folly is already calling out loud. To the men who are just walking on the straight way, 
proverb says and will take you to death so this morning i exhort you church to grow in wisdom there is a feast which is which is lavishly prepared for you but yet our inclinations are to listen to folly but there are rebukes and reproofs of wise men around us our fellow saints our brothers and sisters do not scoff them but listen to them and grow in wisdom grow in learning grow in the knowledge of god and you will have life you will have insight you will be fully satisfied more and more do not reject the rebuke and reproof of your fellow brothers and sisters at the same time take it upon yourself to equip yourself if necessary to be in a place to give wise counsel to people around you because that is how this kingdom works that is how this wisdom works let's pray we pray lord that you would help us to walk in wisdom you have prepared for us that feast that everything is ready and we are there help us o oh lord to not scoff and mock the way by which you have designed for us to grow in wisdom but help us to humbly submit and love those who rebuke us protect us lord from our own self righteousness and foolishness in running after the empty pleasures of pride fame self respect self image and reject godly counsel protect us lord in jesus name amen